Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Caroline O'Sullivan, and you are listening to Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O. And I welcome you to the show this morning. It's going to be a short one, but very important. And this is going along the lines of the Dr. O, did you know type uh, informational section. We are going to talk about green tea today. I find that when I recommend to my clients or talk to anybody that's got pets, especially if they're on a regular kibble drive-through diet for a dog or cat. It doesn't really matter. People just don't know that we can add things to diet that can have tremendous impact on the long-term health and um, happiness, really, of our patients and our pets. So we're going to be talking about green tea today. Now, this comes from a foundation of, uh, I, I believe in, uh, I guess you can tell it home cooking, home feeding, raw diets, things that are not kibble diets. And if you're on a kibble diet, that, that's okay too. We can always add things to the kibble diet that will help improve the quality of their nutrition, okay? So um, green tea is one of the big players here. Now, green tea is something that humans ingest all the time for all the wonderful benefits that we've heard about on the radio and the TV and probably at a health food store, who even knows, right? We eat, drink green tea for anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-cancer, and some folks actually believe that there's some things about increasing the length of your life. There's things about makes my skin feel better. It's things about anti-parasite, antibiotic. Now, I, I'm here to tell you that all of those things are true. Every last one of them is true. And it's not limited just the people, okay? So we're going to talk about how the benefits of green tea, why those benefits exist on a scientific and molecular level, how it is that we can use it safely, not only, I'm not a human doctor, don't get me wrong, we're going to be talking about the pets, but I will tell you, to give you some references as to how green tea is used. Many times uh, we learn about these things from the countries of origin, which is that going to be uh, China and then Japan, but most of us think about classic Japanese green tea extract ingestion, whether or not we go to a restaurant or those types of things. But if those people that are into the medicine of it or the how to improve the quality of life with it, you probably read about how much green tea is ingested by certain folks in certain countries because they believed in the medicinal properties of it and it actually works. You know, lo and behold, it actually works. So let's talk about green tea. Green tea, um, you know, originally cultivated in China. Um, it's now grown in many countries, India, China, Sri Lanka, Japan, Kenya, Turkey, Pakistan, many wonderful countries. And the reason that we have it here, not only because it tastes great, right, is because of 
a lot of science that goes along with it, a lot of published research that goes along with it. And just give me one second here. And we're going to go ahead and talk about those things. Some of the biggest ones are anti-cancer, anti-tumor, anti-itch. Um, just one and uh, anti-parasite, uh, a couple of those things. So what we're doing is looking at the published research. So for those of us that are Western thinkers versus traditional Chinese thinkers or outside-the-box thinkers, we need to talk about anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-mutagenic, meaning that if there are mutations taking place in, let's say, um, a pregnant female or mutations that were given to a puppy or a kitten or a horse, those types of things, in the embryo, we can work on those things with green tea assistance. And then the biggest gun here by far is the anti-carcinogenic, meaning anti-cancer. So um, we consume green tea in both forms in dogs and cats. Okay, so we can make the tea from the young little leaves and put it into a water form like you and I would drink it, except for we have to make sure that in our pets we don't do what I have a tendency of doing is putting some almond milk or putting some, I don't know, some sort of sugary product that's going to be um, agave maybe. But we don't need to add dairy. We don't need to add sugar to these guys. It's the straight green tea is the benefit of those tea leaves that we're looking for. So uh, that being said, when we look at the use of a cup of tea, we can pour it over our dog and cat food. Or if our dog and cats don't like having stuff poured over or they don't like watery food or they're going to smell it and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. We can just break open the green tea bags and sprinkle the green tea leaf itself over their food. Now, in my house, we drink a lot of green tea. So we make our tea, and then when the bags are exhausted, where people would normally throw them away, every morning and every evening, I rip the bags open and dump out the contents onto my dog's food. And um, also my uh, chickens get the leftovers as well. So they don't have any hassle with that. They don't have any problems with it. The only adverse effect that we might possibly see with the use of green teas or even black teas. Now, black tea is a fermented form of green tea. So um, scientifically, medically speaking, and nutritionally speaking, the black teas have been classified uh, as their toxicity and their adverse effects and those types of things. So with regard to green teas and black teas, there are no health hazards known with the proper administration. So we know what the dosing is, and in humans it's just a number, and in animals it's an amount per body weight, and we'll talk about that. But the only side effects that we see with the administration of green tea is hyperacidity, meaning that I got an acidy stomach, acid reflux, stomach irritation, reduced appetite. So if I have a, if I have a uh, acidy stomach anyway, or I have acid reflux, or I have you know mm, uh, questionable appetite, you may want to either not do green tea or do it slowly. You know. Um, Obstipation, which is a severe form of constipation that cats usually get, um, or diarrhea may result if you use ex 
excessive amounts of tea. And that's that's true for all of us, right? If you and I were to drink excessive amounts of tea, you know, pictures and pictures and pictures of it, we would have side effects as well. So we're just nice and safe with it, and we're looking for these benefits. Now, you've got to remember, just because some is good doesn't mean more is better, right? We don't have to do things in humongous quantities and in humongous doses to get the benefits. So um, we are just looking to add this wonderful nutrient to our lives, okay? So one of my, my dear friends uh, was uh, diagnosed with cancer uh, not so long ago, and he went to quite a few of the healthy eating seminars, um, how do we fight cancer, how do we change our diets, what do we do to fight cancer nutritionally. And green tea was a huge player here, along with blueberries and a bunch of other wonderful things. But when we're talking about green tea, they talk scientifically about why green tea helps. Now, green tea has something <laughs> that uh, is called EGCG. It's a very, very, very long word that I would definitely slaughter if I tried to say it, so just know it's EGCG. It actually, actually inhibits tumor promotion, meaning that you can already have a tumor in your body. You can have a, some sort of abnormal growth that nobody knows about yet, and you start working with EGCG through green tea, and it will go in there and start to stop in the tumor promotion. It'll slow down or stop the tumor um, growing or metastasizing, going into different parts of the body. So um, there are animal studies and cancer studies and use, um, that actually prove this, uh, and that you can look that up on your own. This is on the human side. Uh, the EGCG also has the ability to reduce certain receptors um, in our body that allow blood flow to tumors. So the EGCG actually blocks or reduces these receptors and all of their activity. So it actually blocks the formation of blood vessels that cause or allow metastasis. Now metastasis is a growing of a tumor through your bloodstream, your lymphatics, and other organs two different parts of your body. So you could have a tumor on your arm or on your leg or something like that, and a metastasis means that you would end up getting that same tumor in maybe your lungs. Some other foreign part of your body, because cancer doesn't respect its boundaries, it's an overactive, very nasty cell. But the idea that green tea can actually go into our bodies and into the bodies of our dog and cat friends and actually inhibit tumor growth and stop the formation of blood cells that might be involved in spreading of these tumors. Now, that's pretty important stuff, right? If I don't have blood, I don't have oxygen. If I don't have oxygen, I can't grow and I can't, I'm going to die away, which is what we would like cancers to do in our bodies. So the idea of green tea in our bodies, whether we know we have an issue or we have some ugliness or not, if we can use it preventatively, or to actually inhibit the badness that might be going on in our bodies, why wouldn't we do that? Why, I mean, why wouldn't we do wonderful things for our body and the bodies of our friends if there are possibly no downside? Well, we talked about that. The downside would be hyperacidic stomach, stomach irritation, reduced appetite, obstipation, the diarrhea, if we used excessive amounts. So if we're reasonable with our plain green tea and... We might just be helping our friends 
stop a cancer that we may or may not know about already? Yeah, okay. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, let's let's do that. Um, Some of the other wonderful effects of green tea are anti-parasitic, meaning that parasites, which are, they're worms, right? They're they're worms, they're bugs. So uh, green tea and a hot water infusion, okay, so let's say a cup of green tea, at certain doses can have some effect on parasites. And that's fantastic, isn't it? And that there's a lot more to be talked about with that and a lot more research. And you have to be very specific and talk to your local um, holistic veterinarian about that. But knowing that this simple cup of green tea has that ability, I think that that's pretty darn cool stuff. We have also antioxidants. That is one of the biggest reasons that people use green tea in their lives. And oxidative damage is damage to individual cells in our body. And that damage to one cell goes to the other cells in the body and causes damage to those cells. So it's something that grows and grows. And if you don't, that's called oxidative damage, right? So you need antioxidant to combat that, to um, slow down or stop the negative effects of oxidative damage. Now, we need to know that oxidative damage is going on in our body 24-7. We have growing, dying, repair of cells in our body every minute of every single day. So the idea that we can put some antioxidants into our body and the bodies of our non-human friends is a really great idea. Now the idea, the, the thought that we're going to use this green tea in a very safe and supportive way to stop or stave off things that we can't even see, it's called preventative medicine. Okay, and that it is a really, really great idea. It doesn't mean take two of these and call me in the morning and you're going to see some amazing results. It means that over the long term, you're not going to see as much badness. You're not going to see as much deterioration in the body. You're not going to see things like flatulence, blood sugar problems, digestive problems, even maybe better, better mental processes, which is one of the things that, um, green tea has a history and tradition of being used to improve mental process. So if it's possible it can help and won't hurt, it just might help but it won't hurt, yeah, I think that this is a great idea. And that I think everyone can get their hands on hopefully decaffeinated, organic. We don't like any genetically modified anything in our animals. That'd be nice. Um, green tea that you can either just make in hot water, steep it, put it in hot water, and pour it over their food, or you can just use the tea leaves after you're done having your cup of green tea in the morning and give them the leftover uh, flakes, the leaves, basically. Now, back to some of the other functions, EGCG, which is the green tea extract. Inside of our eyes, we have processes going on all the time, be them cataracts, be it just deterioration, being at the back of the eye, which is the retina, the nerves in our retina, dying away all the time just because of age, normal process, or diabetic disease. Or if you're a traditional Chinese medicine follower, it's considered a damp heat process, having your having cataracts. Or if you have too much toxic heat and causing nerve problems in your retina. Now, EGCG, which is like I talked about, the green tea extract, 
can slow down, it's called inhibit, diabetic cataracts by reducing certain biochemical indicators. It can retard the progress of cataracts. It can um, slow down photoreceptor damage, and it can um, slow down retinal nerve death. And these are all studies in, they're animal-based studies, and they're all published, um, and uh, the, uh, there's quite a few products out here for animals that are, they're basically like a vitamin pill for the eye, and they've got wonderful things like green tea extract, lycopene, vitamin E, zinc, um, that all work together for the eye. But to know the benefits for the actual eye itself, um, with just having your green tea extract, our vision is so important not only to humans but to our two- and four-legged friends that if there's the things that we can do to stop or slow the cataract, slow damage to the back of the eye, the retina, which is 100% required in order to be visual, and slow be a nerve protector and stop light-induced photoreceptor damage. So let's say we're all out in the Arizona sun all the time. You know, we're not wearing sunglasses, as our dogs and cats probably aren't. This would be a great idea. I mean, an absolutely great idea. Now, um, in the 10 minutes that I have left, I am going to take a question that just came in about green tea. We're going to go over a couple more disease processes that green tea can absolutely help with. And I'm just going to talk to you about some dosing here. And that this, this information is readily available. Um, I would go, of course, to a reputable, holistic, um, um, traditional, there's going to be traditional Chinese medicine and holistic veterinarians to get these dosing for your pet specifically because this is, we're not seeing diagnosing, treating, preventing, or curing, just giving you some ideas and expanding our knowledge base on stuff that really is in your cabinet or in your house or accessible to you that can do some heavy lifting and long-term benefits for your pet. Now, um, with the external use, like on outside of our bodies, um, green tea can be used on uh, minor skin lesions. Uh, you know, so if you make a plain green tea in a cup, you can put it on excoriations, which just scrapes mild skin lesions, or things like, hold on, canine hot spots. We've all done hot spots before where the hair comes off, the skin underneath it is all gooey and sticky and red. And in traditional Chinese, I mean traditional medicine, Western medicine, we would do antibiotics, anti-inflammatories, topicals, shave the darn thing. And I'm not saying don't go to your traditional. I'm just saying that if it's possible that we can help our dogs feel better with a hot spot by making a cup of tea, bringing it to room temperature, and using it on that spot, okay, that's great. And a lot of people are worried about, what if my dog licks it? What if my dog licks it? Okay, well, what if your dog licks green tea? Okay, all we're going to do is bolster our dog's immune system, increase the battle against cancer, increase the health of our eyes, increase a bunch of other great things in our body. So there are a lot of medications that Western uh, medicine gives for hot spots and many other topical problems that it's not safe if our dogs and cats lick it. Green tea is. And so it's just good to know that that might be an alternative or a supplement and add to topical problems, like I said, excoriations, which are scratches, um, minor skin lesions, such as hot spots and such. Um, the last couple things that 
green tea can absolutely help you with, besides our cancer, behind our skin problems, besides our eyes, all of these things are so important. Parasites, um, but we also have evidence that green tea in and of itself reduces inflammation in arthritic, inflammatory arthritic models. Okay, so that's your cartilage, that's um, it's the, uh, your bony matrix. It is all of us that have a little bit of crinkling, cracking arthritis going on, and the antioxidant portion, uh, anti-inflammatory portion of green tea absolutely helps with that. And that can be used in addition, in conjunction with, in team with other anti-inflammatories you're using, of course, under the behest of your veterinarians. But it's nice to know that we have those things that can be used together and will help. Uh, And arthritis is an issue that all of us face. There are some other studies that indicate that uh, green tea has body fat suppressing properties to it, meaning that it'll help us lose weight. It'll help your dog lose weight. It'll help your cat lose weight. And not a ton of it, but just knowing that we use green tea, we might lose weight. Our arthritis might not hurt so much. We might be protecting ourselves against cancer. Our eyes, our vision might be better. And if we have skin issues, we can put some on there. Okay, let's do that. So potential veterinary uses for green tea, uh, cancer prevention, adjunctive cancer therapy, skin issues, um, rashes, um, diarrhea, it absolutely helps with that if we don't overuse it. Uh, we don't want to use it with animals that have acidy stomachs. We don't want to do it with anybody that has um, super sensitive GI tract, or we can use it at smaller doses. So green tea to be added to moistened food and given in water, it's about, I don't know, what are we looking at? Probably a half a cup per 10 kilograms of body weight. So that's basically half a cup per 20 pounds of body weight a day. But you always start slow with that, don't you? You just always start slow. And you just see what happens. But um, ask your veterinarian first, of course, and just say, hey, what, what do you think about the benefits of green tea? And um, if nothing else, maybe you can do a little bit, spread the word, to the veterinary community that might not know about it. Um, I know that um, there are some sorts of cancers that are extremely ugly. And I want to take the last couple of minutes to talk about this because this is really important. Um, some oral cancers, mouth cancers, can cause tumors and skin breakages and tooth loss and discomfort, like I'm not comfortable even eating. You can use the green tea in uh, just you know in the water and use it to rinse out the oral cavity. You can use it topically, uh, just like you would on a hot spot for the anti-inflammatory, and see if it helps your pet get some relief. Now, once again, clear all of this with your traditional Western or traditional Chinese medicine holistic doctor. But just talk to them. Look at you know look into these things. Not necessarily on any internet uh, site but go to a Holistic Veterinary Medical Association site and look up green tea. Go and look at some of the um, veterinarians like Dr. Wynn and uh, Barbara Ruggieri that do things like veterinary herbal medicine and such. These guys know a whole bunch of stuff about herbals, and green tea is one of the things that we can all benefit from greatly. So um, that's that's our that's our session of the whole... Um, did you know with Dr. O or half an hour little short things on stuff that people just might know not know about. 
But like I said, if there's a way that we can help our pets, help our non-human friends in a nice, soothing, easy, decaffeinated, organic way to make their overall body, overall health, overall inflammation, overall oxidative damage, potential for cancer, vision, and skin feel better, yeah, yeah, let's think about doing that. And if we can lose some body weight at the same time, yeah, let's all do that, right? <laughs> we, there are some contraindications you've got to be careful of. So like I said, you need to talk to your veterinarians about this. Um, so be thorough, look things up, be the best animal advocate you can. And in the last minute or so, I'm going to take this, the one uh, question I did get about green tea. Um, uh, Dr. O, can green tea be mixed with other Western medications for my dog with hip dysplasia? Um, yes, yes. Um, the answer to that is absolutely yes. Um, most Western medications for hip dysplasia are going to be a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, a glucosamine, a chondroitin, uh, maybe an MSM, maybe a hyaluronic acid, hopefully um, doing some diet changes, weight loss, make sure that there's no excess joint pressure, hopefully doing acupuncture and those types of things. But the answer is yes. Um, green tea for its anti-inflammatory antioxidant properties can absolutely be used on top of those things. Once again, check with the veterinarian that prescribed all that to you, but um, it doesn't have any contraindications mixing with other medications usually, okay, usually. So like I said, we're going to be very careful and we're always going to ask whoever it is that prescribed the medications in the first place. But generally speaking, there are really nice herbals out there, both Western and traditional Chinese, Eastern, that can work as anti-inflammatories, work as pain management, work as antioxidants, and then, of course, work as weight loss, because weight loss is by far our biggest player with things like hip dysplasia and such. Um, so I hope that answers your question. And like I said, make sure that you always clear these things with the veterinarian that you're under their care. But it's really a really great uh, information to have to bring to your traditional or to bring to your research and to bring to your effort to be the best advocate possible for your pets. So with that being said, go forth and have a really, really great week. I want to thank Sylvia Global Media Network. I want to ask everyone to like us on Facebook We under Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O, Twitter, uh, Dr. O DVM, and now we have a YouTube station. So we're going to be doing these shows live, face-to-face, with a bunch of really great topics. So follow us there as well. And call in next week so and ask us your questions or go ahead and send them to us on Facebook or even Twitter, and we'll make sure we get to them. Make sure that you let us know what topics you'd like us to cover on Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O because we want to be thorough, we want to be safe, and we want you to be the best pet advocate ever, and we're not going anywhere. So keep in touch. Spread the word to all your friends and have a wonderful week and try to stay cool. Thank you very much. Dr. O out. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian.